We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Since that awful day of destitution, when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. Until now, the world lieth in wickedness. The agony in the world tonight is overwhelming. It's overcoming. I'm glad that God does not let me see it. I don't think humanly we could stay alive if you understood the agony that was going on in the world right now. If he'd let you somehow empathize with the agony that's going on in this old world, just in our area tonight, just in our area, people are suffering. I'll then add the continents, South America, North America, Africa, then the seven continents, the seven continents, I believe. And uh, 150,000 people per day, uh, according to Wikipedia, die. I don't know who counts them. Uh, that makes about approximately 55 million people a year die in the world. 55 million people die every year. That's just a lot of folks. Have you ever seen a million people? I haven't. I'm talking about it's hard to get a million people in one spot, amen? Imagine the children of Israel coming out of Israel, coming out of Egypt. There are approximately 2.5 million folks uh, estimated that came out of Egypt. Now, that doesn't include the cattle. They had to eat. They had chickens. <clears throat> now, I, I, I love to go to third world and watch the way they deal with chickens. They'll put a chicken in a sock. They'll put a sock around a chicken, just the head coming out and the, and the other end coming out for obvious reasons. And then they'll carry that chicken. That chicken can't do anything. He's in that little sock, and he's just quiet, and he'll, he'll just, he can breathe. And, and they'll carry him on the plane. I flew on a plane in Haiti. They brought chickens with them. They brought, carrying them like that, you know, in a controlled manner. They brought chickens. One woman had four or five chickens with her. You've seen that, Tom. They bring chickens on the plane. And, and uh, well, why not? We, we bring dogs. Don't get me going. You can't eat a dog. Chicken's way more valuable than a dog. I bet every one of you eat chicken. And so, but I mean, no offense, Tom, sorry about that. Along with this death rate, and on the road to it, that 55 million people, there is agony and suffering, pain and tears and crying. It's just unknowable. Wars, Jesus said there'd be wars and rumors of wars. So common worldwide. It's so common to have war that it barely makes the news. Disease, pestilences, sicknesses, everywhere. As soon as they just about cure smallpox, something else pops up. HIV pops up. They'll get that cured, and or get they think they're getting HIV. At least more people are living with it, and they get going on that, and then pretty soon Zika pops up. They tell pregnant women don't travel to places where there's Zika because it gives you a. a funny-looking baby. I don't know if it's permanent. I don't know what is bad. 
um, pandemics. Uh, we've recently heard about the uh, flu virus. Remember in the uh, 60s, I think it was the Chinese flu was a pandemic. I got it. How many here had Chinese flu? Raise your hand. Me? Is, I'm the only one. The rest of them died. You remember that, Dot? Or you weren't born probably back then, but 65. I think it was 65. Your dad remembers the old, the old crap. He remembers the old, old, old uh, Chinese uh, flu came by. And I got it. Five days of throwing up. Five solid days of throwing up. I mean, it was, I thought I'd have, in fact, oh, back then, oh, they were worried about my dehydrating, Doc. The doctor came over with his little black bag to the house. He looked at me and he says, I think you'll live. No, no fluids, brother. No intravenous. I don't know if they didn't know about it or didn't care. Charged my dad $25. That hurt him about as much as losing me. Top of all that, you got natural disasters went on. Natural disasters. Just had a 7.1 earthquake in Mexico City. The Mexican consulate was here telling me about they had a follow-up earthquake of 5.1. There's people out of homes, everything's just a mess. But that'll probably, I said, well, that'll probably move over to the uh, big old fault in California there. They're probably getting ready for a whopper out there. We know, now look, it's not because this is unusual. These are normal things that happen through the centuries, recorded. There were earthquakes in 750 A.D. There was a massive earthquake in the east. I went in archaeologists. We went in some of those cities that have been excavated and all of these big, massive columns are all laying the same direction. And what it says, they had this massive earthquake in 750, and it leveled all those, uh, all those columns. And they said, this was, a, this was a Roman city, a prosperous, but you see what happened. It just leveled the place. And they, there was an earthquake in the days of Uzziah. I mean, the Bible records, uh, today we get so alarmist, you know. Oh, oh. We have big, brother, they've had bad hurricanes since the time they recorded it. 1920, 24, I think it was, 1928, took the bridges out going to the Keys. Wiped the train right off the track. Force five. We've had these things coming. These are normal. Jesus said it would happen. The world's in, in a mess. The world's not supposed to be a comfortable place to live. Why? Because since Adam and Eve took that fruit, God cursed this place. And he doesn't want us to be too comfortable in this place. Um, the hurricanes, the tornadoes, the tsunamis, the volcanoes, the mudslides, all of that, the famines added to the pollution, the accidents of all kinds imaginable, and the human agony, all this is to tell us this world is not our home. This ain't the place you want to spend an eternity. Then the human <clears throat> agony of divorce. I just, this week, met with a, I meet I with people regularly that are going through the, I call it the horror. The horror of divorce. The kids Got to try to choose which, which parent they love the most, mom or dad. Mom bad mouths dad and says he's a beast. Dad bad mouths mom and says she's a beastess. And probably both are right. After I get done with it, I don't know what to believe. 
personal betrayals, murder, abuse, thefts, cons. There's, there, if you got a dollar, there's two people trying to con you out of it. There's these people going by. Stopped at Brother Moon's place. A con guy stopped at Brother Moon's place. Brother Moon had a tree fall on his house and put a hole in his roof and, and bent the place where your electric comes in. That thing that stands up like this, it's bent a little bit, bent a little bit. The guy says, well, now the power company won't turn your power on with that. Been a little bit like that. It's going to be $2,800 to replace that. $2,800? Are you out of your mind? That guy was trying to rip him off. And by the way, they set your power, put your power on. That thing can be bent like that as long as the wires got integrity. They're good with it. I'm glad you called me, brother. Thank you. By the way, if anybody comes by your house trying to sell you something, call the preacher. Call the preacher. I'll be glad to talk to him. Uh, children betraying their parents, suicides, suicides, immoralities, adulteries, fornications, drug abuse. Adam and Eve had no idea how impactive their decision was going to be on this old world. Uh, brother, when God says something bad is going to happen if you sin, believe it. Believe it. He said, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Those three little letters involved everything I've said and things I have not said that have, are going wrong and have gone wrong and the trouble and all of the agonies physically and spiritually and emotionally are all connected to the word die. Well, when God says don't do something, I would take his word on that. Don't do it. This sin that they committed was so far-reaching and expensive and long-lasting, they could have never understood it. The fall of man caused God the Father to have to give his son for those who hated him. Before the foundation of the world, nothing takes God by surprise. And they knew that when Adam and Eve were given the choice, why do you think in the middle of the garden there was a, there was a tree of good and evil? Because it isn't a test unless it's a test. In other words, it's not a test unless you got options. And God put man in that garden and all those good trees. I mean, they had the finest lemon trees, the finest tangerine trees, the finest, you name something, some fruit you like, it was the finest there was. And she had to go to that one. But God knew before the foundation of the world, he tells us twice in the Bible, he determined that when man was, men would go in there, she'd partake of it, give it to the husband, he'd partake of it. They both had to come up under the curse. And that the only way man would be redeemed would be... God's only son would have to come and die for him for the foundation of the world. If I may say it this way, God was dragged into the whirlpool or the vortex or the maelstrom of the fall. It could be called the destruction of all things. But if I left you here tonight and I just dismissed this right now, you'd say that is one of the most negative sermons I've ever heard. But you that have lived very long already know everything I've seen is absolutely so. I have not exaggerated. In fact, I've understated those things because they're just words. It's one thing to say you have a migraine. If somebody has a migraine, it's a whole other thing to have a migraine. It's one thing to say somebody's got the gout. It's a whole other world to have the gout. My woman who lives with me, neck to neck, shoulder to shoulder, when I had the gout and those migraines, as close as she was to me, she could not understand 
and, and empathize because she didn't have it herself, and I didn't want her to have it. But when, when, when old Irvine got to gout, he and I had some fellowship. When he's walking around like this, I say, oh, brother, I know what that feels like, amen. Even though we could say what I just said here for a few minutes in describing the, the results of the curse, yet we cannot really empathize, become part of it, only those things which God allows us to be part of. Do we have an understanding of it? But I'm not going to leave you there tonight. I'm not going to leave you there. Acts chapter 3, if you take your Bible, the second sermon ever preached in the New Testament. After the church started, the Holy Ghost came down in 1-8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses of me in Judea and Samaria, the uttermost part of the world. And it happened. Oh, 120 people in the upper room. God came down, anointed them. Peter, for whatever reason, God's choice as the leader, he was the leader of the 12, that time 11. And Peter, James, and John, it was always Peter first. Peter uh, was told to go preach. He preached in chapter 2. People got saved. He preached in chapter 3. People were getting saved. Here's what he said in verse 18. And the, the text will come from verse 21. For those things which God before has showed by the mouth of all these prophets, that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come. Ooh, 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 there's got to be some good singing there. The times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. He shall send Jesus Christ, that's the second coming, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all these holy prophets since the world began. The word restitution simply means to return, the return of all things. The times of refreshing, both of these things are synonymous. Do you know the animals right now are suffering because of us? Do you know what it would be like to be a deer tonight in the Everglades? Have you ever been in the Everglades at night? Oh, you owe it to yourself. If you want to catch Zika and every other thing that's out there, encephalitis, because, brother, the mosquitoes, because they don't spray out in a lot of those areas. And I'm going to tell you what, Okeechobee at night, the fish bite the last 30 minutes and the first 30 minutes better than any other time of the day. So I'd stay sometimes till the sun actually would go down past and we'd, every cast would be a bass. Every, sometimes every cast a bass. Sometimes you catch 20 bass that last 30 minutes. And it's just it was unbelievable. You know, top water, my favorite way of fishing. And, and, and it was just, but buddy, the price you paid was big. As soon as it got dark, all of a sudden you felt something hitting you all over. And it was a cloud about this thick of black mosquitoes. Now, I've also snook fished that way. The last 30 minutes is the best for snook sometime. Been out on new, been on new pass. There used to be a deep undercut at new pass, and we used to take care and, and use a pinfish and sit there. Just, we'd wade across that deep area and get over on that island, and we'd sit there like this, but in the, in the mangroves. And you'd catch them big old snook like that, 
But boy, what a price to pay. As soon as the sun went down, the no would you could see them. It's a bad day. It's a bad day when you can see no seams. It'd be this thick. You'd look up and there'd be a cloud of them things around your body. And one day they were so bad, I forgot my off. If you forget the off, boy, that was a bad move. I told my brother, we don't have off. We said, that'll be all right. It wasn't all right. We dove in, poles and all, just dove in the water. You just couldn't stand it. They were in my eyes and my nose and my, I'd breathe them in and why? Them old timers, them old ranchers down here said that they, had, they would find dead cows that were suffocated by the mosquitoes. I got, this is, Tom, you've heard this before? I'm, I'm verifying this with a local veterinarian. But I've heard this from these ranchers, that they would have these cows die, and they believe they suffocated from, from breathing in the mosquitoes. How bad is the mosquitoes? Did you know those animals didn't sin? The Bible says the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Why? Sin. Sin. Sin was placed not just upon Adam and Eve, but on everybody that followed them and on all the creation went down through the animals. I don't believe animals ate each other until after the fall became carnivorous. Begin to eat each other, attack each other. Man, I wouldn't want to be out there in the Everglades. Woo, doggies, no. But there's coming a time when this old thing will be returned to what it was. Ooh. Why? Because of what Jesus did. There's a hoped-for time since the second sermon ever preached for a return to things the way they used to be before the fall. Jesus in the next to the last chapter of the entire Bible deals with this again by saying, and this is a verse I've dealt with in a number of different sermons. Revelation 21.5, he says, He that sat upon the throne saith, Behold, I make all things new. Now, I, I just got to go to this again because I want to have a spell, brother. I just want to have a fit. I want to take a lap for Jesus. Uh, he makes all things new. Write these words, he says, they're true and they're faithful words. I don't know if you ever watched The Passion of the Christ. Uh, I, watch it every, I watch it every so often. I will put it in. I have to get a towel. I have to get a face towel. And I have to get my wife out of the room. Uh, because I don't want to see her. See, I don't want to see her. I don't want her to see her husband cry. Maybe that's what it is. And I just sat there and I weep through the passion of the Christ. There's one part of that that really got me. It's not in the Bible, but it's a, ap apropos. Is Jesus is on the uh, Via della Rosa. He's on the the, the road to, to Golgotha. And they're dropping the cross, and they're spitting on him and beating on him and mocking him. And it's just, and you know, he's full of blood. And by the way, uh, Mel Gibson uh, did that the way it ought to have been always done. These other movies that show Christ with a little blood on him, that is their faults. In fact, in fact, Mel Gibson said he couldn't do it the way he believed the Bible said it was because the Bible says Jesus was beaten beyond recognition as a man. And Mel Gibson said, I couldn't do that in the movie. I just couldn't do that. It would just be too gruesome. 
But he has him pretty beat up, pretty bloody. And he falls under the weight of the cross, and uh, his mother, Mary, sees it and runs up to him. And as a mother would her son, by the way, the Bible said to Mary, a sword shall pierce thy soul also. What was the sword to pierce Mary's soul? Was that she birthed this child and then watched him go through what he did. But he had talked to her. She believed in him. And in the movie, he, she's reaching down to him. She says, I'm here. And he reaches up and grabs her face. And he says, Mother, I make all things new. I can't hardly really say it. I got on YouTube and watched it again and wept through it again. I make all things new. Oh, I'm looking for that day when he's going to make all things new again. As a pastor, having heard the heartaches of, of mothers and the heartaches of wives and the heartaches of husbands and the heartaches of children, I'll be glad when it's new. I'll be glad when it's new. Behold, I make all things new. What's new? In that chapter 21 and 22 of Revelation, the last two chapters of the Bible, it says there's going to be a new heaven. It says there's going to be a new earth. It says there's going to be new peoples. It says there's going to be new Jerusalem. It says there's going to be a new temple. It says there's going to be new light. Uh, it says there's going to be a new environment. I'm going to say amen to that. I'm for it, brother. Pure crystal clear river. Tree of life, no more curse, no night there, no need for the sun. We're going to be personally made luminaries, lights, personal light in 22.5. Nothing that defileth shall be allowed into this kingdom called the kingdom of God or also synonymously called the kingdom of heaven. Nothing that defileth will be there. Revelation 21, 27, there shall be no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. Tonight I have a question. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? I don't know, preacher. Don't leave without you knowing your, your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. By the way, if you lie... You're not going to heaven. See, if you lie once and ask forgiveness, or twice, or three, or whatever, but you're grieved about lying, uh, you can you you you're probably a child of God. But if you can lie and lie, and if you're the kind of person to walk two miles and lie rather than stand still and tell the truth, which I've met many of them, they just love the lie. That's what he's talking about. He that maketh a lie, they love it. They're liars or con men. They're, they're, it's a game with them. They, they don't tell the truth. They can't tell the truth. They don't seem to want to tell the truth. I've had some of my own relatives this way. Unexplainable. The Bible says if you're that kind of a liar, you can repent and be saved and forgiven, but you cannot continue in that sin if you're born again. God deliver you from it if you're born again. If you keep lying... People will come to me and say, well, uh, I commit adultery every so often, or I commit fornication every so often. I said, you're going to die and go to hell. Just what you've been told. What do you mean I'm saved? I said, if you're saved, you're going to be delivered. 
You're not going to keep doing that repetitively over and over and over and over again. You're going to get delivered. The result of Jesus coming is to make all things new again. All that trouble that I mentioned at the beginning of the message is going to be gone. The Bible said the former things shall not be remembered nor come into mind. You could not remember the griefs you cannot remember a son that was lost and is in hell or a daughter that's lost and in hell or a mother or father that's lost and in hell or a sister or brother lost and in hell or a husband or wife lost and is in hell and be in heaven. If you remember that, you, you wouldn't be in heaven. You'd be sad, wouldn't you? You couldn't be in heaven and remember all that. God's got to wipe away. Brother, when God wipes away every tear, he wipes away the memory with it. Because the tears come with a memory, right? The memory is what creates the tears. And if your memory is on that gone, then no more tears. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a new beginning. Jesus came to start a new beginning. To give us a new life. Glory to God in the highest. Won't you be glad when things are made new again? Pain will really be gone. Arguing and bickering are gone. Hatred and malice gone. Hurt feelings, shame, inferiority, gone. Wicked thoughts, gone. Sexual immorality and impurity, gone. People will really love each other more than that, more than a mother loves her child. And all that, uh, all that hate and dislove and distrust will be gone. When everybody can be intimate without, sexual, without a sexual connotation, you'll be able to be closer in heaven than you ever were here to people. What keeps us apart? Sin. There'll be no more jealousy in heaven, no more envy, no more strife. You'll be thrilled when somebody's promoted. You'll be thrilled when somebody's rewarded. Not, you'll be able to move about without fear. You'll be able to go anywhere you want to go without fear. When work will be without the agony of Murphy. Murphy is a constant companion. If you do anything mechanical, Murphy's your buddy. I mean, Murphy will follow you around and haunt you. Try to do something. Try to fix something. And you'll see you got every screwdriver but the one you need. Amen? I can tell you this. Glasses were not made for hot weather. These things I'm wearing on my face, I didn't wear it. I was 45 years old. And boy, I didn't realize how wonderful it was not to have glasses. Man, you try to work in this heat, and they fog up. You sweat on them. And these beautiful plastic glasses, if you just touch them, they scratch. You wear them glass ones, and you get a groove in your nose, and your nose begins to go down further on your face. So it's a dilemma between I can't wear glass, but they're better because they don't scratch. But if I get these acrylic, even the poly, whatever, they still scratch. I went through four pairs of glasses last year. Why the people who sold me them were sorry. You're not back here again, are you? I said, you look at that. You look at that scratch. You look at that. I'm as careful with these as a human being can be. You look at that scratch. Now we'll get you another pair. Two weeks. You ever go two weeks like this? 
two weeks, or how about this, two weeks looking at that spot right there. You know, maybe, maybe you don't, but I, I've got the gift of, of, of a noticing. And when you, I get a spot in my glasses, it drives me crazy. Just before, the day before we go to Hawaii for 10 days, brother, I, I clean my glasses and, and put a big old scratch right in the middle of my vision there. I called the guy up and said, can you help me with a new pair? Two weeks. Two weeks. He said, you have to live with it. The whole Hawaiian vacation, I looked at the scenery with that scratch right there. So what do I do now? I buy two pairs of glasses. Jesus' mission was to make all things new. A time of refreshing, it's called. You know what a time of refreshing? You get real hot in the daytime working outside, cutting limbs down. That's real common right now. Gathering them up, cleaning your yard up. You get real hot. You come in, you walk into that A.C. and, oh, yeah. After taking those cold showers for two weeks, I remember that first hot shower. I got up under that thing, and it was like, yeah, time of refreshing. However, it was good taking those cold showers if you knew when to take them. You take them at the heat of the day when you're hot. Then you get up under that cold shower and it feels good. This was the goal of Jesus. The goal of the Garden of Gethsemane when, the, when he was tempted to not go there. And he said, oh, if it's possible, this cup would pass from me. But not my will but thine be done. Hallelujah, he was willing to suffer those things. Hallelujah, he didn't give in to his flesh. Hallelujah, he didn't give in to the weaknesses of the human body. Uh, the, the horror that he knew was coming his way uh, for the next day or two. And, and he didn't give in to it because he knew you and I. The Bible says he was motivated by love. He saw the horror of this place and what's going on. And he says it cannot continue this way. It must come to a time of restitution, of returning to the way it was supposed to be. It must come to a time of the refreshing, a time of refreshing. You're weary tonight. You're so weary. You're grieved in your soul. Be encouraged. There's a time of refreshing coming. All I really need to know is there's a time of refreshing coming. You can endure a lot of stuff if you know that in the future there's a time of relief have you ever sat back and meditated what hell's going to be like? You ever sat back and run through your mind a little bit about the never-ending part of hell? The scariest part of the teaching in the Bible on hell is the fact there's no end. If it said hell was going to last 100 million years and end, you could say, well, it'll be a horrible long time, but it'll end. But it doesn't say that. In fact, it says the opposite. It says there is no end to hell. I can't, I can't put my mind around all that. I know that when I was suffering gout and my foot was so swelled up, it was shiny. When your skin gets shiny and the pain, you can feel your heart beat through that. And it's just every one of them is just, you think, I'd put my foot in ice water and it hurt me so much to put that in ice water. And then I'd pull it out of the ice water. And then that didn't work. I tried hot water. I did anything. I thought, Lord Jesus, I can't live this way. And I got thinking, there's going to be a place called hell where people are going to go because they rejected Christ. 
and they've turned away from the Son of God, and they're going to beg for mercy, and there'll be no help ever. Wow. When Jesus carried that heavy cross to Golgotha, when he was being scourged by those ruthless Roman soldiers, when he was beaten so bad that his visage was so marred more than any man, he was thinking of the restoration of all things. There's going to be a time where this old sinful world's over. Jesus knew that without his sacrifice, this thing would go on and cycle and cycle and cycle in its agony and its loss. Satan would win. Evil would triumph. Sorrow would prevail. The damned would continue. But he said, behold, I make all things new. Trust Christ. But don't just trust him as your personal Savior. Serve him. Give him your life. Quit the battle. I've seen people through the years half dedicated. It's just a, they don't get either good half. They get both bad halves. A half dedicated Christian is a miserable person. Oh, they're saved and they're, 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 they're really a child of God, but they're half dedicated. Oh, their foot's, one foot's in the world. One foot seems to be in the things of God. And they, they hit, hit and miss and, and maybe three out of four services, two out of three services uh, and, and, and they won't volunteer, and they don't want to be part of what God's kingdom. Brother, let me tell you and warn you as your preacher that loves you, there'll be a day you'll so regret that you won't believe it. You get to the end of this thing, and all them little toys are gone, all that junk, and the only thing that's going to be left is what you did for Christ. You're going to say, oh, my. Or the time you die and stand before Jesus' judgment seat, and your works are put in a pile, and the fire of God's righteousness is burned upon that. And that's, that's 1 Corinthians 3, 3, uh, 13 through 15. And your works are burned up right in front of your eyes. It was a bunch of futility. When, here's what's going to get you. When you, in your mind, you knew you could have done differently. In your mind, you'll hear the voice of that old red-faced Baptist preacher begging you to do something for God. Begging you to get a ministry for God. Begging you to put your hand on the plow and not look back. Oh, God says, I've sent my servants rising up early and sending them. I've had them tell you. I warned you along the way. You read the Bible through every year. I warned you. I warned you through the word of God. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I've warned you. Brother, there will be, you say Christians are going to suffer? The Bible says they will. At the judgment seat of Christ, they say they will suffer loss. The word suffer is a strong, strong Greek word there. I think the, th the thought will be, my, my, this is eternity I'm talking about. This is forever I'm talking about. I just didn't have my value system right. Well, it's a peaceful life when you just give everything to God. You say everything's God's. I just give it all, you know. 
It's just all. I'm going to give my life to help the local church and to promote Jesus Christ through the local church. I'm going to, do, I'm going to give my time, my talent, my treasure, and I'm, and I'm just going to make it happen. They're going to count on me. I'm going to be one of the most faithful people they've ever had. And I'm going to tell you, you give that to God because God uses the local church to reach the world. Uh, he doesn't use, yeah, he'll use an individual, but I'll guarantee you individuals don't do missions programs. Individuals don't do bus ministries. Individuals don't do Christian schools. You can't operate outside the local church. The local church is where God, that's his, his platform. for. That's why we want Bible Baptist Church to succeed down there in South Naples. That's why we want Truth Baptist Church over there in East Lehigh to succeed. Because you can't have too many uh, groups of people putting their hands together and saying, let's do something for God. Glory. The older I get, the more happy I am the days I've given to God. Happier I am. How about you? The older I get, the happier I am that I've given my time to God and less to me. Father, help us tonight to see the, to see the restitution, the, the, the times of refreshing. Uh, we'll be there. The born-again Christians are going to be there. Don't see it. When this old world is lit up, the Bible says the elements shall burn with fervent heat, the H and 2O, the, the hydrogen is going to separate from the oxygen, and this whole world is going to burn up, and, the, and not just this world, but every, everything the Hubble telescope looks at is going to burn up with fervent heat, and God's going to sterilize the heavens and the earth and make new heavens and new earth. Put us, and then he's going to say, people, these are yours. Inhabit them. Do my will. He's going to give you an assignment. Based on how you did here, dear one, we are sitting on the brink of an opportunity of eternal proportions. Don't let it go by you. Maybe the Spirit of God has touched you tonight in some area. All I can say is follow his still, small voice. Obey him. Listen to him as he woos you to himself. Father, help us not to miss, not to miss this thing, not to miss the restitution of all things, not to miss the times of refreshing that come from the Lord, not to miss the opportunity to be part of this kingdom called the kingdom of God. Lord Jesus, there's somebody without Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. They don't know for sure the name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. May tonight they have the courage to come to me or come to Brother Moon or come to Brother Barrows or Come to one of our members and say, I need to get saved. I need to know for sure my name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. Don't you leave without it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 947 one two eight five. Thank you and God bless.